We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Peace Kingdom, welcome to another special episode of Outside the Trenches. I'm BJ Kissel, joined this time by a new face and a familiar face, and obviously Tucker Franklin, fearless podcast producer and Chiefs Media number one TikTok influencer. And Nick is unable to join us because back in Kansas, we were recording at like three o'clock in the morning or whatever it is, because we just arrived in Las Vegas and we are coming to you, not live, but we are coming to you from the Luxor Casino in Las Vegas. We're getting ready for the Shrine Bowl uh, NFL draft event. Should be a lot of fun. But we've got a friend here and another familiar face in KC Sports Network and the star of the KC Laboratory. Sorry, yes. Ken. No, no. Sorry, Matt. No. The big institution, Mr. Craig Stout. Hi, my friend. Hi. How's everybody doing? I'm going to try and fill in for Nick the best that I can. I drank an entire bottle of whiskey before we came on here. I a lot of barbecue before I came on here. I plan to only exclusively talk about K-State and offensive line. So that, I'm just going to try and just stick to those things and try and do Nick proud. And we're going to go ahead and assume that you ate Jack Stack Barbecue because we can't go any further without thanking Jack Stack Barbecue, our prideful sponsor here of Outside the Trenches. So if you are back in Kansas City and you're looking for some grub, Obviously, go to one of Jack Stack's six locations around Kansas City, and obviously the new one up in Lenexa at 87th Street and 435. We have been there. It is fantastic. And if you don't live in the area, order Jack Stack or ship Jack Stack, bbq.com. They'll take care of you. So we've got uh, some stuff. This show's a little different, and an ode to Nick, since he will not be here, we will still do the blind nail in his honor. But to get this started Let's get in the front of the queue. And the first one, the comments that Joe Burrow made have kind of made the rounds and everybody's made their takes. And the people who don't have takes kind of like me, like have said why I don't have takes about it. And we continue to discuss it, but it is a thing going into this game because the people who do have takes about it are the majority of chiefs fans that at this point it's been talked about so much that everyone going into this game knows that Joe Burrow a few weeks ago, I think it was a few weeks ago. To get out yeah. of context, making the comment that, you know, NFL stadiums aren't that loud. I played in the SEC. Hmm. You're smiling, Craig, as you have I, some takes already. Listen, I do have some takes. Hey, listen, the SEC is not quiet, guys. And that's right. not to say yeah. that it's as loud as Arrowhead or anything like that. But everybody's blowing this way out of proportion. Oh, yes. Arrowhead is the loudest stadium in the NFL. You don't have to be insecure about the fact <laughs> that Arrowhead <laughs> is the loudest stadium in the NFL. But guess what? Pretty loud in the SEC as well. I mean, I don't mind him saying something like that because there are a few guys that are, you know, equipped to deal with that that haven't played an arrowhead before. Like, it is tough. It's a tough scenario to be in. They're piping crowd noise in. You try and replicate it as much as possible. There's nothing quite like the real thing, like being out there, trying to call your offense, 
trying to set up your offensive line, trying to call protections. You saw them have trouble with yeah. that this yeah. past week against yeah. Tennessee. You really did. They got them with some sim pressures because they were able to really mix some stuff up and confuse them because it was loud in Tennessee. Guess what's louder? Arrowhead. Right. So, I mean, it, it is it is going to play a factor. He knows it's going to play a factor. Yeah. He's not trying to slight that it's playing a factor. <laughs> it's just one of those things that naturally – a lot of us Chiefs fans that have been around for a long time, we we glom on to that stuff. And let's talk about that because even if Joe Burrow, and I've made this point that Joe Burrow, anybody's talked about him like he's a confident guy. Like he Oh yes. It doesn't matter how loud it is. Like he's not gonna be shook at all. It's not gonna phase him. It doesn't matter if he what matter what he does or how angry you are, you're not going to phase Joe. That's just how he right. is. So correct. No matter what, we appreciate Chiefs Kingdom, we're all a part of this. We all want to get out there and affect you're not gonna affect Joe Burrow. You could affect his offensive line. And I want to know what their reaction was when he was saying all this stuff. Like, hey, you might be cool, Joe. Like, we have to deal with this crap. And it's pretty damn loud. And we already have to deal with these edge rushers, those three guys. Absolutely. We talked about it on the way here because we just spent 21 hours in the car 21. Together, 21 the last hours. And you guys, hours. this is why I'm sitting in between them, by right. the way. BJ's over here. For those of you that are watching the stream and Tucker's over here, I'm sitting between them because, frankly, can't stand each other right now. Actually, uh, I can get moody. I don't think he can be in a bad mood. He's the nicest kid in the world. He's the perfect person. No, and we did some pretty true. cool stuff. You guys did. You got to check the vlog for that. Yes. Yes, gotta you got to check the vlog for the cool stuff. Part of this will actually be on the vlog, too, which is kind of oh, nice. crazy to think about. Um, it's kind of like time travel in a sense. But, yeah, his offensive line. Let's get back to that. Uh, Chris Jones is good. Um, and his interior and Joe Burrow's interior offensive line, not good. Mm-hmm. Simply put, that could be a recipe for disaster, especially with, you know, Arrowhead is obviously going to take exception to the fact that Joe Burrow is saying that, you know, uh, well, he didn't really say that. People are taking that out of context. He didn't say, it. I know we just talked about it, but he didn't even, he didn't even I want to fan Arrowhead. the flames and be a part I of know, making a little bit I louder, know. but everybody else has already done that. And they're going to take it personally because it's what, and you, I laughed when you said like, you know, we take it personally. I'm like, if you're a Chiefs fan and somebody tells you, like, I went to a high school football game, I've never heard anything. You're like, like Arrowhead. Yeah, it's like, it's what? a high school football game. <laughs> yes. Chill out. It's like, yeah. I don't care. It's not as loud as Arrowhead. Like, you take everything personally. Now, any quarterback, like, oh, there's really good. <laughs> not Mahomes. Of course they're not. He's the greatest player. Like, I actually, he's in his own territory. I had some buddies DM me today. They're like, why do Chiefs fans get so upset every time like another stat is brought up about like another quarterback being good? I was like, just let us have this for once. Okay. Just like, we, have, we, haven't, so long. we haven't had the last good quarterback that we drafted was. That's it. I mean, yeah, I mean, that, that was it. Yeah, yeah. We drafted a good college football announcer. <laughs> we did. Todd Blackledge is awesome. This is a very good college football year. I was announcer. born. It's a long time ago. I'm ancient. Anyway, yeah, that offensive line, it's going to be a problem. It really is. It's going to be a problem. That Chiefs defensive line got so much pressure in that first matchup in Cincinnati. And I even said, check my receipts in the KCSN Discord. I even said immediately after that game, I was like, I want that team again, and I want them in Arrowhead because I do think that it's going to drastically affect them. It's not Joe Burrow calling the play calls or anything like that. Like, there's going to be some mix up there. It's the protections. You're going to see guys come free up the middle. Joe Burrow is going to take a lot of hits. Now, he's very unfazed by that sort of stuff. We're not saying that that's going to ruin him or anything, but 
it will affect their game plan pretty drastically. And if they know you're going to be like, it's not like they're going to go from him being sacked nine times to like not being around him. Right. So they're talking about you're going to be around him. You're going to bring him down. Go get the damn ball. Yeah. Because one thing I know in standing and Joe Burrow, big, strong guy. I've stood next to Chris Jones. Like if he wants to take the ball away from Chris, like from Joe Burrow, he's going to take the damn ball away from Chris Burrow or from uh, Joe Burrow. So if you're going to sack guy nine, I make it three sacks and go for the ball every time because you're going to take the ball away. And that's ultimately the goal. And I, I don't know. I think they're going to be, Hunt for the ball. Yeah, this could be. They're going to be around Burrow. I go get the ball, make a game changing play, and you get up a little bit, and this could get out of hand. Mm. Mm -hmm. So, BJ, you're telling me the key to this game is get pressure on the quarterback and get turnovers? I'm so happy you did. It took all season you've been waiting to bot me back on this. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. Every announcement, not to diminish anything that we all do, we all do it, but it's like, doesn't matter if you're listening to a high school football (laughs) game or the NFL. Man, number one NFL show out there. What's the analysis? Get pressure on the opposing quarterback. Don't turn it over. Yeah. <laughs> the, the number of times in my entire history of covering the Chiefs that I have said, you know, quarterback's not very good when you pressure him. Guess what? <laughs> Every quarterback's not good when you pressure yeah, yeah. yeah. We actually quantified. I looked up this stat and I quantified it and I was trying to do the math and I'm not smart like that, but it was turnovers, third down conversions, penalties, mm-hmm. and like red zone conversion at like 70% or above. And I was quantified. If you win three of those four stats in the game, the Chiefs had won like 98% of their games. Oh, wow. I just win three of those Crazy. stats. Don't turn the ball over, convert on third down, score touchdowns when you get in the red zone, and penalties. Penalty yards is the other mm-hmm. one that if it gets out of hand, it can mm-hmm. sway it. So, like maybe, last, maybe like the last like, game. Like the I will last say, game? not yeah. this going to affect anything. And Carl Cheffers, like, uh, <laughs> we know refs that have made. Jeff Triplett, we know these refs. Phil Vinovich, that's the referee for this game. Mm -hmm. I will say this because the six years I was with the Chiefs, I remember the last two years at training camp, they always send referees to come and talk to you and do those things. Last two years, it was Bill Vinovich. Like, Mm -hmm. Vinovich, I think, Mm -hmm. how you pronounce the last name. He's close with coach. They have a relate. Like, not that Jeff Triplett and those guys didn't, but Bill Vinovich has been around these guys. And if it was his career, it may be different every year, but I know he's been around Patrick Mahomes and these guys. They have the relationship. So when they're out on the field, it's not like it's not a ref they aren't aware of. If you're worried about the refs doing this, at least it'll be a guy stabbing you in the back that you know. (laughs) Right. Or why I told that old story. But when they said Bill Vinovich, I personally was like, oh, good. We know that guy. Like he's been around. I'm not saying he's in. Or it's not, not contentious like like it is with Cheffers. Like there's there's some contention there. Mm -hmm. So the fact that they moved Cheffers off of this game is a good Mm. thing for the Chiefs. It really is. So, talked about Joe Burrow, talked about the offensive line. Let's move on. Front of the queue, second topic, Tyron Matthew back in this game. Only, what, played just a few minutes into the last one before it inadvertently got hit in the head, going through concussion protocol. Hasn't necessarily been cleared, and he's questionable, but yeah, unless there's symptoms that come back, he's, he's going to play in this game. Mm-hmm. So, this is a perfect opportunity, and I, I spoke about this on the pregame for 101 The Fox this is a Tyron Matthew game for me, and here's why. Joe Burrow knows he's got pressure, knows offensive line, he's got his hot reads. You know the ball is going to one. <laughs> Everybody knows the ball is going to one. Tyron Matthew has watched Joe Burrow throw the ball to number one quite often. They are all aware of each other. Yeah. I can see a scenario in which Joe Burrow just tips a little bit early mm-hmm. that there's a hot route. Spags loves to send pressure. He's trying to get 
Joe Burrow's face. He, he air or he telegraphs where he's going with it and Tyron steps in front. I, I am going to try to wish that into, into the world. What kind of impact is more kind of X's and O stuff? What kind of impact can Tyron make in what you've seen from the Bengals? I mean, massive. I, I wrote about it this week. I mean, it, it's it's really massive what he does. You saw what the Buffalo Bills did immediately after Tyron Matthew left. They attacked the middle of the field. And guess what? It went very poorly for the Kansas City Chiefs defense. What Tyron does is he makes Spags right. The coverage call is coming in, and it's a good coverage call. It's not necessarily anything that Spags is calling wrong but as motion occurs as audibles occur at the line of scrimmage you've got to have that guy on the back end that can adjust and make sure that everybody's on the same page i think we saw they were not on the same page this past game we will see them be more on the same page especially since the Bengals love to go with empty formations empty backfields they don't have a running back in there so it'll be Maybe a four-by-one where you got four receivers to one side and a single isolated receiver, typically Jamar Chase, because it makes sense because you're going to throw the defense on one side. Or a three-by-two, which is what they do more often, where you got three receivers to one side and two to the other. They'll try and run stuff to the middle of the field with that three-receiver face where they'll come kind of back across and try and high-low guys. That's where Tyron Matthew lives. So he's going to read some of those hot routes as Joe Burrow is getting pressure, and it's not even going to be necessarily blitzes. I mean, it could right. be the four-man yeah. rush. If it's getting home, Joe Burrow's going to hit the top of his drop. Three-man rush, he wants to get the ball out. If he wants to get the ball out, he's going to be looking for those guys that are coming open quicker, that are coming open in these spots that he's comfortable throwing. Tyron Matthew has the full freedom within Steve Spagnuolo's defense to read the route distribution and cut things off. I can see him making an impact doing that. If you know Joe Burrow's going for CG, CJ Uzama over the middle of the field, maybe he jumps that route. Maybe yeah. he sees that that dig is coming and he jumps in front of it before you know, Joe Burrow can see him. It just creates so much ha- so much havoc in the back half of the field there, knowing that Tyron Matthews there, knowing what he can do, and that makes offenses avoid the middle of the field. We saw the first matchup; they want to throw it to the sidelines. If Joe Burrow starts getting in these hot situations where he needs to get the ball out quick, a lot of their hot stuff is in the middle of the field. Tyron can be that guy. Hey, Craig, you're really good at this. No, stop. I, Pay Tyron Matthew. Why? Don't. <laughs> <laughs> Pay Tyron Matthew. I think that's what it comes down to. There's a lot of people are wanting to know, oh, Tyron Matthew should go. Tyron Matthew should leave. The Chiefs should move on Tyron. No, they shouldn't. They shouldn't do that. He makes him go. Yeah. Give him whatever he wants. Yeah. yeah. I think I think that was clear uh, after the Bills game. Eh, that guy's pretty important to that mm-hmm. defense, so let's keep him around. That's all I have to say about that. You never think. regret paying guys like that because the yeah. impact is felt beyond the plays that he makes on the field with the young guys that are learning how to be professionals and how to do yeah. the impact ripples beyond. Once that player is gone, you'll see, you'll feel his impact in the way that the next the uh, Juan Thornhills approach their craft and the way that he teaches the next guy that's drafted, mm-hmm. the next guy, and the next guy. Stuff matters. So, mm-hmm. all right, let's move on to the third. Topic. We haven't even got to the Grim Reaper yet. And of all the nicknames, and we've talked about this, and everyone's going to have thoughts because for a long time it was Showtime, and then it was mm-hmm. Petty Mahomes, and then it was Patrick Levon. You hear it all the time. Uh, Levon, so I'm here for post game. Sorry, I black I uh, out. Here for so long. <laughs> um, but the nickname, it's only a matter of time with the way that he plays and how good he is that. Every, at least AFC team, has a story 
and going against Patrick Mahomes mm. like the Bills just had. Now, that was crazy because it was one of the best games in NFL history. But every team so far, like the, look at the Steelers and the history that Patrick Mahomes, 20 touchdowns, like two interceptions against them. We're <laughs> back his first game. He goes San Diego the first year and does really well. And we're like, ah, we don't know. He threw like freaking five touchdowns in the first quarter. And we're like, okay, this is crazy. Every team out there is going to have one of those games. I think it's an absolute perfect nickname, especially going forward. They're going to be the bad guy. You got to lean into it, Tucker. I think you have to. And I think that was kind of some of the sentiment I saw on Twitter is that like, why are Chiefs fans have to realize that nobody will want them to win football games. Like that's the thing now is that like, I think I saw a map. Well, you know, all of those maps are like, which states are cheering for who to win the AFC championship. It was Missouri and Kansas. And then everyone else was cheering for the Bengals. That's it. That's what it's going to be for the rest of ever, ever since Patrick ever. Oof, you can tell it's midnight. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes, when Patrick Mahomes is going to be on the Chiefs, that's what it's going to be like. Nobody's going to want to cheer for the Chiefs anymore. And and that has there's a lot of factors to do with that. But like you mentioned teams having nicknames. I mean, left-handed game from Patrick Mahomes against the Broncos. Oh. You've got Yeah, the whole AFC West has never had a shot. <laughs> oh, so like yeah. they're already yeah, they're, they're I mean, already tired. That was the first one that I thought of. I was like, he's got the left-handed game against the Broncos. Like that was was it was a rookie year, wasn't it? The Texans. The yeah. Texans, he's got to come back against the Texans. Yeah, the Steelers one was good because Broke I can remember. Texans. Broke him. He did. Entirely. The entire organization <laughs> from the front office down. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it, it's wild. It is. There's a bad guy. Yeah, David Kelly 22. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Good for David. Shout Cole. out David Kelly. Awesome. Good for David Kelly. <laughs> no, it, it, they broke him. And the Chiefs yeah. are the bad guy. I mean, you look at even just these playoffs. Like, Chiefs are going up against the Bengals. Like, seriously, if you if the Chiefs weren't in this, We'd be rooting for the Bengals too, because I mean, you want that like they're an awesome organization. You want them to have success. Those fans have not had a whole lot. They beat the Bills. Mm. Yeah, that Bills team haven't had a whole lot of success either. They took Ben out behind the shed and shot him and put him out of his misery. I mean, like they're the bad guy. Like they are the bad guy right now, and it's kind of awesome. We've been that team that has. And I have an apology to make because. For years, I've been saying, don't become Patriots fans, you know, mm. embrace this, like yada, yada, yada. Don't, don't <laughs> fuck. Like they made us this way. <laughs> like, did. We didn't yeah. need to it. do this. I get it. I say that. And now it's like anyone out there says anything like, oh, Josh Allen had a great game. Like <laughs> you see Patrick Mahomes. Like, yeah, but Josh Allen still is pretty good. Yeah, I mean, you have okay. these moments yeah, where you look yeah. at games and you're like. Well, how are the Chiefs going to win? Yeah, Mahomes. Patrick like, I mean, you, you do. Like, it, it, there are the X's and O's things. There are the reasons. There's obviously more right. to it than that. But it, you had all those Patriots fans for so long. that It was just like, listen, we got Tom. Yeah. It's the postseason. Yeah. We got Patrick. It's the postseason. And all we know is playoff Patrick, which is re- very good. 13 some, seconds. <laughs> mm. At some level, like, everybody wants the X's and O's. You want the Y. But what you really want is to see your – boy at work and just be like oh, Josh Allen's game. Yeah. You see, who cares? <laughs> we're into the Grim Reaper, right? It's over. He's 26. Yeah. 20, yeah. 26, 26 years old. Put a statue up. Mm. Still there right now. Mm. Three years older than me. Think about that. Oh my <laughs> Good Lord. Yeah. Ouch. That just blew my mind. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. 
We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. He's going to have every postseason record. He's going to have to play for a while. I went and I did that when I was looking up the Kelsey and Tyree Kill stuff, which are both now top 10 in postseason receptions all time. Both of them. But yeah, he's going to get to number two pretty quick. And he's just going to have to start chiseling away a little bit. But he's like 82 yards away from being the Chiefs all time postseason rushing leader. It's crazy. I tweeted out. I was like, I don't know how I feel about this. And people didn't want to take it. And they like don't know what I mean by that. I'm like, it's a sad stat. I know. I, I stopped tweeting like uh, Tyreek Hill started breaking all the receiving records in Chiefs history. I was like, this is kind of sad. Like, great for Tyreek, but he, oh, yeah. he's on his rookie deal. I know. Yeah. <laughs> like, come on. You, you know, I, I saw the response. You know who didn't think it was sad? Bobby Stroop. Bobby Stroop thinks yeah. it's amazing that, mm-hmm. that Patrick Moses is Yeah. Is well, the, yeah. 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 Because I'm contractually Fair. obligated on a contract that doesn't exist. Yeah. But every time he does some athletic, I tag Bobby. And then he's one time, he, <laughs> one time I didn't do it. He's like, he like, hey. he's like, I'm sorry for not tagging. You. <laughs> but he actually said it best about the Josh Allen thing. I think about like what he said. He goes, Josh Allen's a phenomenal player and Patrick's my guy. Mm. Like, yeah, no, that's Chiefs that's Kingdom great. just kind of adopts exactly. Patrick as being his guy. Somebody yep. that we will never see out and all of that stuff. But like phenomenal freaking player. But we ride with Patrick. But that's where we are. That's though. okay. That's you got Josh Allen, you got Justin Herbert, you got Joe Burrow this weekend. Like these are dudes that you love watching yeah. play. I want their. Fa- I actually like that their fan base believes that Correct. their guy is the guy. Yeah, it doesn't they bother should. me. They, they think Patrick Mahomes is the guy, and you know why? Because I have a long, long, and distinguished list <laughs> of things and, and stats and records and everything. It's like just look up fifty first fifty starts for a quarterback in NFL history and tell me where he ranks and just. Close your eyes and point at something. Yeah, it's it gonna is. be Patrick Mahomes. It's insane. It's yeah. I, I like that there are fan bases that are like the Bills, like the Chargers, the Bengals. Fan bases, and I think that's what makes NFL so great. We could go into a whole other podcast about this. Is the parody of it, and and I know that like that's what ruffled people's feathers about Tom Brady. Is he kind of eliminated parody, and Patrick Mahomes is starting to go down He's that road way. of eliminating <laughs> parody in the in the AFC. Yeah, but teams can turn quick, and there's a lot of head coaching changes in the in the parody. Oh, oh ton. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. All of that makes all the sense in the world. And um, we haven't even talked about like Ryan Poles. Let's just yeah, shout a out. couple of minutes. Shout out Ryan Poles yeah, getting the opportunity. Awesome. Hopefully Mike Borgonzi. And there's some other guys, uh, Mike Bradway. There's some other guys in that room that Chiefs continue to have success. Rising tides. You're going to go pluck people off. And not because, oh, this guy has the secret sauce on how to draft the perfect player. Yes, that's part of it. But it's also knowing what being a part of a successful organization and having successful processes and, you know, to overcome little mistakes here and there and all those little things internally that go on is know how to solve those problems. Yeah. And that goes a long ways. And you could see it happen with organizations that constantly don't because they don't have people that know the right processes to put in place. Yeah. It's the Super Bowl tax. Like this is what you pay when you're when you're yeah. successful, when you're constantly in the Super Bowl. You know, you just have that it teams come. They they want what you've got. And you know, we once again, I know we keep referencing the Patriots, but we are really trending into that era in in with the Chiefs right now, where yeah. we, you know with th- that level of success, consistent success, to where now we're having to reference those things, and the Chiefs have arguably had a better tree that has come of it, the more mm-hmm. successful tree that has come out of these things. Chris Ballard has been amazing for the yeah. Colts. There's no reason to think that Ryan Poles won't be amazing for the Bears. I, 
I really do love, I think we focus so much on the coaching side, which is important still. I'm not trying to say it's not important, but we focus so much on the coaching side. Maybe we lose sight of some of those guys that are so important to the front office that are so important to the way that they do things and them getting those opportunities as well. Obviously the two third round draft picks are awesome and all that, but Ryan Poles is a very deserving person. And I listen, they, football people aren't surprised. They need right. football people aren't surprised at all. Everybody, everybody's all over that. So that's great for him. I believe he did the cap manipulation too. Remember when it came out? You know, I guess it was 170, $177. Who knows how close that actually was, that report. But he did all the cap man- manipulation. It was reported that, that he was had his hand in that with Brett Veach in terms of the extensions of Pat Mahomes, Chris Jones, all those guys. So that obviously bodes very well for him. And, and it's good to see him him get this job and Matt Eberflus as well. I think that uh, the bears are, I, I like the decisions the bears made in the sure. chiefs podcast, but I mean, I think, I think they're, they're moving in the right direction. Like to see guys under from Kansas city succeed like that. Yeah, I think you bring up a great point, Craig, in that we give a lot of credit and we all are guilty of it. And because at the end of the day, and you're nodding already and you're like, I'm going to agree with you. No matter oh, what yeah. comes out of your mouth. No. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Um, but yes, like, we give a lot of credit. To, we give a lot of credit to Brett Veach on drafts and Brett Veach has an entire staff of people yes. that are yeah. helping him set the board. And I think we, we're going to hang our head of ourselves. We're talking draft a little bit here uh, is we're in this process, but when you get to the draft, it's a lot of executing a plan that's preset. You're not making decisions in that moment during the draft. It's <laughs> it's literally executing a plan that you spent months like grinding after all of the time. And guys like Ryan Poles were the guys helping him make the decisions to draft Creed Humphrey and to draft Trey Smith. And we give all Brett Veach all the credit in the world. And I, I have no idea the dynamics inside that room. Even when I work there and I try to get like, Hey, whose guy was that? And like, we all do this together. I'm like, yeah, there's no mic here though. Like whose guy was that? (laughs) Because they all sit in the room and they just pick these guys apart for days and days and days. And so it really is. Everybody gets a chance to speak their piece. And if they all like a guy, those are end up the guys who end up drafting is like, we, we all felt really strong about this guy. So anyway, I remember talking years ago to Ryan Pohl specifically at the combines on chiefs.com somewhere about what does he love scouting? And he said, I'm really good in the trenches because that's where I play. That's what I understand. The further I get away from that, the less comfortable I am. So that's when I lean on other people. And that's a very honest answer. And then you wonder why I get to GM job after the Chiefs draft Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith. <laughs> after Lucas Niang was a guy who was playing before. Obviously, yes. he gets injured. Yeah. They revamped the entire offensive yeah. line. And Pulse was a part of the decisions in making that happen. But when you do contracts, Chris Shea, Brant Tillis, leads a lot of that and you'll never see those guys and Brett Veach is the guy that gets all the credit in the world for that but sure. yeah I love when these guys behind the scenes finally get their opportunity and go get paid get that big promotion and get a chance to go run things yourself yeah no me too yeah well said boss no, I just yep. didn't really see, leave that open for see no life. no no see you I was didn't. shaking my head because I knew you, that's right. how good you were gonna be that's <laughs> I had faith in you buddy. I was trying to be half as good just, as Jennifer just, Dixon no. at Fairway Independent Mortgage because you know that if you need God, to get a new home loan, Fairway Independent Mortgage is where you need to go. Give her a call, 816-390-8898. That's Fairway Independent Mortgage. Call our friend Jennifer Dixon at 816-390-8898. Great rates. Focus on customer service and the fastest turn times in the industry. That is Fairway Independent Mortgage. Off the dome. Right off the top. All right. Love it. In honor of Nick Leckie and his favorite segment. Ever. Yeah. 
we are going to do blind nil. And Craig, this is his first experience doing blind nil. So Ooh. anybody who's listening, who's never heard this before, what we do is we each bring a different topic. We don't know what the others have brought. I'm going to start, give Craig a little bit of time to know what we're doing. And mine, since we're in Vegas, and I found an article sponsored by our friends at Fran- FanDuel. It's the top three prop bets for the AFC title game. I want to get your thoughts on where we're at. Okay. Number one, Travis Kelsey, anytime touchdown. Minus 155. Hammer it. Yeah. Seriously. That's number one. Hammer it. We are biased Travis Kelsey people, but this is the absolute greatest tight end in NFL history. Yeah. I'm not going to say I was the first person to say it. I've been saying this for two years. No, I mean, here's the thing. I see where they're coming from a little bit. Last time these two teams played, Travis Kelsey wasn't a major factor. Neither was Tyreek Hill. I guess he's not very good. Yeah. (laughs) I guess he's (laughs) There it is. No, Travis, Travis Kelsey is breaking Gronk's. Uh, I mean, he's getting ahead of Gronk in like every category. He's two receptions. In this game. We looked it up. He's two yeah, receptions. Two receptions shy. Shy. It's four touchdowns and then oh, yards. It's like 240 yards shot, but he could get yeah, there in two there. games. Yeah, mm, he'll get the there by the Super Bowl. He may break every record and then it's he has cool. every record. It, yeah. And way that less years than Gronk. Yeah, that's yeah, that true. Saying. Is going to change. Mm-hmm. Tucker, you're nodding your head. You agree? Hammer it. Hammer it. Yeah. This one, I, I got to get your thoughts. Joe Burrow, passing yards. Over under 287 and a half. Oh, that's a high number. Um, They're at minus 114. I'm going to go over, but I'm going to go over with the understanding that there's going to be some garbage time yards in there. Um, I think through three quarters, the Chiefs are going to do a hell of a lot better job defending some of those 50-50 balls up the boundary, defending some of the things that they've seen, and they're going to do a hell of a lot better job tackling. So I think they're going to limit a lot of the yardage that we saw the last time these two teams played. So I'm going to go over, but it's going to be end-of-game theatrics, basically. What is favored in that? Is the over or the under favored? What was the 114? The over. The over was favored? I'm going to go under. Screw it. I'm going to go under. I'm going with the under. This game is setting up to me, and I have all the respect in the world for Joe Burrow, and I think Jamar Chase is a problem. <laughs> like, bona fide. Like, yeah. Randy, oh, no, he's like, good. Yeah, yeah. He's We're good. Talking, he's like, he is not a rookie. We are talking like Randy Moss, Terrell Owens in their prime. Mm-hmm. This is that guy. He is Tyree. He yeah. is a game-changing player, all of that stuff. I don't think you can get away with just having those guys. And I think this is a game that Steve Spagnuolo reminds everyone that you can be a hot name when you're doing really well, and we could all throw his name under the bus, but he's one of the best damn defensive coordinators in the NFL, and he loves to get pressure. I think this is a game where in about the end of the first half, you're going to be like, oh, damn. And so I'm going to go under because I also know what the next one is, and I'm going <laughs> to – I know where I'm going <laughs> with it. Um, but the next one, Joe Mixon, rushing yards. Over under 57 and a half. <laughs> That's a good over under. That's a good. That is a really good, first. That you is a first. really good over under. I was hoping you were going to say just a little bit higher than that. Ah, uh, me I too. Hammering the shit out of it. I'm sorry. I am. The unders are the under. Over. Oh, the oh, over. The over. I, think he's gonna, gonna do I don't think he's going to go off for like 200 yards, but he's for damn sure going to have more than 57 and a half yards. I think 57 is good because if you think of the playoffs, the Chiefs are actually really good against Ron. Remember, their Henry game is really what sticks out to me against good running backs in, in the playoffs. Um, that was a big hoopla about Derrick Henry. He's going to run all over the Chiefs. 
He didn't. I think Joe Mixon doesn't have the similar hoopla, but people are like, oh, don't forget about Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon's pretty good, too. Under's favorite, for what it's worth. That's what I was going to go with. I'm going to go with the under. I'm with the under. Man. I am, unfortunately, going to side with the over. That's fine. Just barely, because I think the Chiefs are going to play a lot of too high. So there's going to be a lot of light boxes. I think you're going to see a lot of opportunity. And I think you're going to see a lot of pressure. You're going to see him blitz, and I think you're going to get caught a couple times, and you're going to have a couple 25, 30-yard runs. Because what I see when I see 57 and a half is like, that's no 30-yard runs, and he's going to get loose. Now, see, here's my thing. We're aggressive. Game script, as I'm kind of leaning towards here, I think game script is going to limit some of that. Hmm. But I do think he's going to squeak it out. I'm I'm going to say 59 yards. The good news is we can quite literally put our money where our mouth is. Sure. We are I might go downstairs Vegas. after this. This is happening. Could go downstairs and do that. Mm. Anyway. Yeah. Like kid. That's a good blind now. That's a good one. Carter will understand where his college is. <laughs> Listen, son, I felt Can't really good about Can Joe Mixon. Dad, who is Joe Mixon? Well, I will know the exact time that my wife listens to this podcast. Immediately <laughs> get a text message. <laughs> All right, next blind nil. That was that was the first one. Tucker, what do you got? So what's really neat, I, people can't see this, but behind us is Allegiant Stadium. Like, through this window, you can look out this window and see Allegiant Stadium. That's pretty neat. Mm-hmm. So uh, my question is, what is your, what is, what is the top stadium on your bucket list of sports stadiums? That is a good one. I got to go to one of them a few years ago. We were playing the Patriots in the, I think it was the playoff game. Or, no, it was the Monday night. It was one of the early games. I got to go to game one of the ALCS of uh, the Boston Red Sox. They weren't playing the Royals. wasn't any of that, but yeah. it was one of the sponsorship team at the Chiefs were like, hey, we've got an extra ticket. Do you want to go to Fenway and go to the playoff game? I was like, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would love to go yeah. to Fenway. It was one of those places I wanted to go. Um, mm. That just stalled me to give my answer. I told that story about a place I've already gone. So, Tucker. I guess if it, you can still do something if it was on your bucket list. If it was on your bucket list and you've done it, sure, you sure. it's still be the top Actually, of your bucket I, list. I, yeah. I, yeah. I think that the Fenway was was at the top of mind, but for the sake of, of like saying I, I want to go to like an old sports stadium. So the Rose Bowl is one of them that mm-hmm. I think would be a really good place to watch a football game. Um it probably isn't, but just for the history, by your look on your face, BJ, you just kinda ruined there. my like, dreams. It's a historic place to go. Yeah. And then it's like a call. I feel like it, it's, it's like Memorial, like USC. Yeah. Where they play the same kind of thing. It's like, oh, it's really special. And then you look around and you're like, wow, they really need to redo this. <laughs> and the other one is like um, Lambo, I think would be a cool place to watch a football game. The atmosphere there would be pretty cool. But yeah, those are some of just really like the old ones. I think yeah. that's what it comes down to. Man, it's tough because I kind of feel I want to go to Wembley for a Champions that's League true. final. Yeah. Like I want to go overseas and be in that overseas. environment and I'm so spoiled and do. <laughs> I've been to Wembley. I know and I've been have. to Lambo. It's I like, know you have. You, that you was for soccer. Yeah, yeah. I love that Tucker brought that one up. It's yeah. like, hey, BJ, what's your favorite stadium that you? Like, I want to tell stories, but it's like I'm going to come across like, yeah, I've been there. Yeah, I've been there. Uh, I've done that. Lambo is actually like it. You walk around and it's older. And it's always that hard because you go to the new state and sorry. Sure. You know, go to the brand new state. Like, oh, this is really cool. Or the logistics of this stadium, like Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. one of the nicest stadium in the world. Mm-hmm. But as a media person, you appreciate when things are organized. You can get from one place to another. In Lambo, the older stadiums, like it's cool because there's 
history. Yeah. But as far as just getting from like the press box down to the field, like you take like a catwalk and like <laughs> you're taking like a service elevator. You're just like, holy cow, this is really old. So that it gets both. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But um, yeah, Wembley for a soccer game. Uh, Champions League final specifically. Like, yeah. I mean, like a yeah. massive <laughs> game. The Football thing, game, sorry. The thing rocking. Match. Like I thought about the Azteca for a U.S.-Mexico game would yeah. be really fun. You've been to the Azteca. I know. Would you like to tell Azteca <laughs> stories? Would you yeah, anyway? Yeah. Uh, you know that's cool. Yeah, like those are those are cool. Those are, those are cool giant stadium. Like right. that's what it is. It's just a massive thing. One of the because two game like two places popped out in the big like the big house like Ohio State mm-hmm. Michigan. Oh yeah, yeah that would like, be amazing yeah, too. Yeah. But the first one I thought, like LSU going to Tiger like an LSU Bama game and go to LSU. Oh, yeah. Like just the the noise and I've got friends and people like uh, Anna Topkin works with the Chiefs yeah. like phenomenal. It's wasn't planning to do this, but shout out to Anna. She's 38 weeks pregnant and she's going to be she's doing directing the AeroVision, which is the in-house game entertainment, the Jumbotron, the AeroVision oh screens. Um, absolutely killing it. I know they got some stuff up their sleeves. Um, What's up? I wish I, I this one of those ones where I was like, I wish I, people are, I, who work there was like, man, this, you'd really want to be here for this mm. one. It's like, ooh. I'm going to be in Vegas though. <laughs> um, it's kind of cool, Fair but enough. I, it'd be absolutely phenomenal. Uh, but Anna went, um, her and her husband went to uh, LSU to watch the Arkansas game. wasn't close, but mm-hmm. she wanted to experience that. And she was like, I would absolutely recommend oh, yeah. anyone going there. Yeah. Yeah. All right. My blind nil. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be football related, but I need to know this information. Very Nick-esque. Before. <laughs> see, I'm trying. Yeah. I'm trying. Dude, it's going to seem very love Nick-esque love too. You, Nick. <laughs> when we leave here and we decide – we're going to go downstairs and maybe sit down at a bar. What is the Patrick Mahomes of cocktail drinks that you are going to drink? Now, for me, it's going to be a smoked old-fashioned. Lots of Angostura bitters. Nice, thick orange peel on there. Like, I'm really going to enjoy that. But I need to know this for both of you. So that I can take care of this later this week. <laughs> well, I'll take a bang cherry lemonade and 360 vodka because no, uh, actually I would, but <laughs> not healthy. Captain and Coke always. I know, you know, I know, you know me. I know you can't go wrong there. I've been really big into mules lately of meals of any kind. Mm-hmm. So Moscow lately, mules drinking for 12 months. Yeah. So when I turned when I turned twenty one last week, um, <laughs> I was really big into Moscow Mules. Um, on my twenty first birthday, I was in Nashville, and I ran the strip out of rum and coke is what I drank on my twenty first birthday. Mm. So it's kind of one of those things that I do drink. But um, I'm really liking the. I've been drinking this Moscow Mule. This is a sidetrack, but I put cranberry and lime in it. So it's like a cosmopolitan, but with mm-hmm. ginger beer, mm-hmm. essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like different variations. Nice. Dark and Stormies. Those are good. Yeah. I've been making a lot of cocktails since Christmas. Wow. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, guy. I'm dabbling in it a little bit. I've got a set. Yeah. Shaking yeah. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a good time. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a good time. We appreciate everybody for tuning into this episode. 
We've been on the road for 21 of the last like 30 hours, but we appreciate that. We've got a lot of really cool stuff we are going to be doing from here in Las Vegas. Obviously, still doing all the podcasts, covering all the Chiefs stuff, getting ready for the game. We're going to be at the Chiefs Bar, the Diamond, or the Blue Diamond Saloon. We will be over there doing our post-game show from here in Vegas. A lot of Chiefs fans. It's going to be fun. And then we're going to be sitting down with a lot of the prospects out here. So a lot of cool draft content from us over the next few months. And we may have put together some really, really cool stuff for later this offseason and particularly going into next year with our Chiefs content. Some new shows, some new people joining. It's going to be a lot of fun. So we appreciate everybody for tuning in. Please continue to follow, rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. We appreciate it. For BJ Kissel, Craig Stout, Tucker Franklin, thank you for watching.